0: The journey. Let's turn to the gift of Yah, chapter 7, or Matith Yahu, verse 13 and 14, our scripture verse for the journey. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Yahusha. As we go through these studies, the journey. We use the Scriptures Translation, 1998. And for those who don't know the Greek, Hebrew, um, or the translation, we're turning to Matthew, Chapter 7. Verse 13 says, Enter in through the narrow gate, because the gate is wide. And the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter in through it. Because the gate is narrow, and the way is hard-pressed, which leads to life, and there are few who find it. In other words, as we're learning here, as we learn about the journey, our spiritual journey, When you enter in through the gate that leads to life, it has an obstacle in front of it. So that means that you can't enter into that gate that leads to life without getting rid of the obstacle. And of course, We know that how you get rid of the obstacle, meaning you're being stopped, unless you're what? Unless you believe in the master, Messiah, son, lamb, shepherd, our savior. And then the obstacle is removed and you have access to the gate which leads to life. As we follow the journey of Yahusha, according to the book of Mark, we see that the four fishermen became disciples because they followed Yahusha when he called them. Just a reminder, they had already met and spent time with him before he saw them mending their nets and called them. But when he walked along the water and called them and said to Kepha and Andrew that he would make them fishers of men they followed him but when they had met him prior to that they left him after speaking to him for a little while and went back to fishing until he showed up and called them this shows us that people who believe they believe that he was the messiah because that's what and the baptizer said may take some time giving up flesh things to be discipled And that's what the Savior is showing us on his journey, how to disciple the brethren. Now let us read and continue in Mark chapter one. What happens next? On the journey, turn with me to Mark chapter one, on Yahusha's journey, as he teaches us about discipling picking it up in verse 21 and they went into Kepha Nahum and immediately on the Sabbath he went into the congregation and taught first the group went to Kepha Nahum or we say Capernaum the group is as we learned last time it would be Kepha Andrew James and John now they had to wait with the master yep they had to wait with the master until the sabbath because it says they went and they went into Kephanahim and then it tells you that that's where they went when they left he walked past them in Galilee and he walked to Kephanaum. And then it separates and it says, and immediately on the Sabbath, you see. So they had to wait with him once they got into Kephanahim until the Sabbath. Then their discipleship would continue. Their work was fishing, so that's how we know What we're going to learn. Their work was fishing. That's what they were. They were fishermen. So we know they would not have been fishing on the Sabbath. That's why it says what it does. They walked and then immediately when it became the Sabbath, that's when he started doing other stuff with them. If they had been... Fishing on the Sabbath when he walked by, you know, the water in Galilee, then they would have been breaking one of the Ten Commandments. And we know if that was the case, the Master, Messiah, Savior, Son would not have called them while in the process of sinning against the Ten Commandments. So, what we need to learn from the teacher is that if we are discipling someone, starting to disciple them, if they're brought into our sphere to disciple them, make sure you call them to be discipled, not in the process of sinning. Next, we see there is a gap of time before discipling started. Now, they walked at least six miles to the city of Kepharnaim from the Sea of Galilee. So, once they were called, one test was, would they continue to walk with Yahushua? Would they follow him? You see, he didn't live in Kepharnaim. They knew he was from Nazareth. So they wouldn't have food, drink, or a place to sleep. He wasn't going to a house (laughs) that he had. So what he did was he removed them from the worldly comforts they had. Then the Sabbath day arrived. Now, we don't know. This could have been the morning or afternoon or whatever. And a six-mile walk doesn't take that long in those days. They're pretty used to walking a considerable amount of distance. So it could have been that night. So that's when Sabbath begins. Because for the Sabbath in Israel, it begins at sundown the day before to sundown the day of. So it starts the night before. So... It says immediately on the Sabbath. So what does that tell you? They got to um, Kephanahim and it was before, you know, Sabbath started that evening. And then they immediately went in to the uh, congregations. So that's for you to understand that no laws were being broken. Now, the next thing he is teaching us is get working, discipling the people that you're called to disciple. He didn't spend time getting to know them and become earthly friends before teaching these new students. No, he walked by them fishing, said, follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And that was that. And they followed him and, and then he, they walked to a town and started in the congregation teaching. He was the master and they had things to learn and so do we. On your journey, do you waste time getting to know people or do you just do the job you are supposed to do? I know for me, this is an eye-opener for the right or correct way to do things. The third thing we learn is the teacher went and found those of Israel, and he did it where they would be as a group. Their synagogue buildings were a place where the people came to be taught. It was more like a school than a place of worship. You see, he is showing us the right way to do things for the kingdom. For us today, this would be a local study of scripture or the term most brethren use, a Bible study, or Sunday school. In those cases, you can do the works of the kingdom in the correct setting for the brethren. In those days, they had more freedom. They didn't have the ritual we have today. His messages on our journey were, Within the system of the group you're working with. Again, on your journey, work within the system of the group you're working with. That's right. We see from the last verse, the four are with him and pass the test and are being shown the correct way to do things. Now, let us continue to the next verse and see how the disciples are going to react to the teaching he does. And verse 22 says, And they were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as possessing authority and not as the scribes. So, first, they were astonished at his teachings. That's interesting, isn't it? That would be <laughs> something like you go into a local assembly today and um, and you um, have a group of people that you're talking to and it's a rapture believing um, group. <laughs> and you start teaching, there's no such thing as rapture. <laughs> Uh, the people in the um, place that you're at would definitely be astonished at that teaching. Second they saw he was teaching like he had authority to teach there so the next part is that for today if you want to put it in our terms today it's like you went up and started teaching but today's Um, brethren are under the false impression that you have to go to some kind of seminary school to be able to teach. And if you don't go to seminary school to be able to teach, then you don't, you shouldn't be teaching. That's false doctrine. You don't need to go to seminary school to teach anyone. So that's the kind of thing he was teaching like he had authority to teach yet he didn't he wasn't a pharisee <laughs> third they knew he wasn't a part of that synagogue <laughs> they knew that you know they knew that this guy who he was and you know he comes in here and he and he's starting to teach and his disciples are sitting there listening to him fourth And of course, his disciples knew that this wasn't his synagogue. And see, that's the way they did things in those days when you were in, uh, you know, you're supposed you go to the synagogue of the town you live in and and you go to that synagogue, your local synagogue. (laughs) Anyway, fourth, he was teaching the four disciples in the synagogue. Yes, he was. They were there listening to him teach. And. The people in the synagogue obviously could hear him teaching the uh, the disciples this stuff. It's kind of like you've got um, you know like <clears throat> they have uh, Sunday school in a lot of uh, local assemblies before worship service starts, and they break it up in different classrooms depending on the size of the group, and <clears throat> it's like. Um, Someone, you walk in to this local assembly and you go into one of the classrooms that's not being used and you start teaching a lesson. (laughs) Having to do with something that this particular group actually doesn't um, believe, a teaching that they don't follow. You're teaching truth and they teach false doctrine. Fifth, the disciples knew what was taught in the synagogue. Sure, they did. They heard what he was teaching, but but they also knew what they were used to hearing in synagogues by those that knew Torah. That's the scribes, the ones that, you know, should have known the Torah. And Yahushua's teaching wasn't like that at all. See, because in synagogue, they, um, they would be taught, you know, like, something Torah said, and then the scribes would come along and and give you a bunch of doctrines of men, traditions of men explaining what that particular um, Torah verse meant that's that's the way they did it they 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 added all of their information and and what they believed um, if you um, today even talk to. Jewish people they will tell you that you have the um, written Torah but you have the what they call the Talmud which is the oral um, tradition and you can't understand the written tradition unless you have the oral tradition which tells you what the written tradition actually means Uh, and that's how they can manipulate and control and change the words of Elohim and so the disciples knew that these teaching isn't what you know what normally goes on in the synagogue and so did everybody else that heard him teachings he taught are not explained but we know in the synagogue so that means that It doesn't tell us here in Mark what he taught them. It just tells us that he went in and taught. And the things that he taught wasn't things that we're used to hearing. We don't know what they were. But we know in the synagogue they taught traditions of men to the people. So we know Yahushua wasn't teaching the traditions of men. As we follow the journey, we learn that Yahushua taught us what is available. Use, you know, what is available. Don't go build your own building. Use what's available. I, I met a local pastor who doesn't have a building. He might want a building, But at this point, he's got um, the park pavilion, the local park pavilion that he uses every Sunday morning to actually do a service. And a bunch of people come to his service at that pavilion. He has mostly those that um, are outsiders, not accepted by the local assembly for one reason or another. You see, he wanted the disciples to know if you go where they are, then you will be able to do the works and give honor to the almighty. So the point isn't to go off by yourself in your own little group and especially nowadays, (laughs) go off on your own little group, you know, so that just you people can can get the truth. No, no. Our Savior showed us the way to do it. And the way to do it is to go where the people are and work within the group. Let us remember one of the instructions of Yahusha to his disciples a little later on in this ministry. So go back to uh, Matthew's Yahoo or the gift of Yah and go to chapter five. I want us to read verses 15 and 16, and these are his words a little bit later on, but this is what he was showing us as he went into that synagogue and went and taught in that synagogue his disciples' truth. 15 says, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand and it shines to all those in the house. Let your light so shine before men so that they see your good works and praise your father who is in heaven. So if we build our own buildings, guess what? Then only people you know will be there and your light cannot be seen by others. See, that was what he was showing us here in the book of Mark on his journey. He first got his group together. He called them from their work in the world. And, and then he tested them to see if they really wanted to listen Um uh, did they really want to learn and which is one of the things that we have to do you know I've talked to um pastors and they say you know I've asked them why they don't disciple and uh, you know why they don't have a regular discipling class and what they say is sad but true today and that is that uh, if they start a discipling class, most times the people that start the class don't end up finishing it, you see. So, you know, what does that tell you? Well, it tells me a very important thing. And that is that the pastors may not be doing discipling Ship class correctly or that and or and that the people that they want to disciple aren't really believers or they're not ready to give up the flesh world yet as we follow the journey we will see the true way that's right, the true way to the gate which leads to eternal life. And this is all part of discipling. You know, if you're thinking about it and you're spiritually mature, that I hope is those that are listening to um, this and those that are spiritually New, um, you know, you can get whatever it is that the spirit wants you to get from it. But if you're spiritually mature and you're listening to this, then you have to understand that our savior showed you the right way to disciple people and you should be discipling people. So my question on our in our study here for you would be, how is your journey going? How's it going? The Savior told us in our scripture verse, Matthew chapter seven, enter in through the narrow gate. Enter in through the narrow gate. That's the gate. The word narrow means it's got an obstacle. Because the gate is narrow and the way is hard-pressed, which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So, are you on the journey to the gate, which leads to life? Remember... The other gate and the way to the broad that leads to destruction. That's right. The broad gate. And there are many who enter in through it. No obstacles there. You can get right in. So how's your journey? Have you been discipled? Are you discipling anybody? Is there anyone in your current life, on your journey, spiritual journey, that needs to be discipled, should be discipled, that you can help disciple? It's very simple. Talk to them. Ask them, and those that are truly interested in continuing down the path, the true path, will want to be discipled the right way, and the others won't.